This is Detroit Talk City. Talk City, the refuge for KISS Army deserters, defectors, and draft dodgers. I'm your host, Scott Malone. With me, as always, is the very funny Chris Cook. Hi, everybody. Hi, Scott. Oh, hey, buddy. Did you like that finger gun to say, signal that we're ready to start recording? Yeah, it reminded me like something that you would see in like a Mentos commercial or something like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I, ex- I expected you to like go like, ding, and yeah. like hold up the mints, you Next know? Next time, it'll just keep keep growing. That's We'll get behind the curtains a little bit here, folks. I don't think we've even talked about that. I engineer this as we do it. I've probably mentioned it in passing. And yeah, also, it doesn't matter. No, it's 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 appreciated. And all these other podcasts, they have studios, engineers, editors, and they're a lot better than we are. So maybe we should like oh, consider yeah. doing that. We, yeah, you were about to give yourself a compliment, and then you just slinked away into of like, of course, this is no good. That's how I do things. Yeah. Uh, welcome, listeners. Uh, yeah, it's welcome. It's been a little while since we've recorded an episode. Yeah, I mean, it, not, relatively within the last mm-hmm. few months, not so much, but yeah, yeah, you've been a you've been a busy, busy boy. Mm-hmm. You're uh, balls deep in your show at the Citadel right now. Sure am. Sweat, which <laughs> I uh, I had the pleasure of seeing on preview night. I was very appreciate. I appreciated you coming to the show. I uh, wouldn't miss it for the world. It was mm. really great. Um, uh, it finally, you you seemed like you finally. Oh you know? boy! <laughs> Just to enlighten people in, uh, the, in the show. I don't want to spoil it. No, if it's are not. It's see not it. a big. Spo- it's not a big spoiler. But I am not a nice guy. No in play. No I'm, Nazi imagery might 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 be factored yeah, it's, it's at, very, at some point. It's very fitting. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I say. You know, you just you can tell when someone's like finally like comfortable in their own skin. <laughs> Well, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. How's, yeah. How has the show been uh, going? The show's been going really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been selling more tickets than we did in Vancouver. Like, our first night of Fuck previews, yeah. we sold more tickets than any show we did in Vancouver. We had, than any show. We had 466 people there on our first night of previews, and our biggest show in Vancouver was 465. Oh, beat them by one. And that was, a, and that was like, in our main run, our biggest show in Vancouver. And this was the first preview here in edmonton right you beat it so it's just edmonton's a much more much more of a theater town than vancouver so vancouver is such a fickle bitch you know like like i lived there for a while i mean it it must have been great for you to like be able to like be working there like as an actor and oh yeah living there for like those those couple months that you were there but But. it's untenable like i i i loved it because i was living there i was living essentially free i was staying with my with my cousin and his husband and they barely charged me anything. So I was staying in a, like a subsidized apartment. Yeah. Living the dream of being an actor in Vancouver. Right. Right. Like, like I remember like while, while I was there, I noticed like, and I might be wrong. Maybe I, I probably wasn't there long enough, but it really didn't seem like there was like a proper like music scene at all there. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Edmonton and Calgary, each have thriving music scenes, like, even even Red Deer, where where my band was based out or of. Or Winnipeg, which is even bigger than Edmonton, Calgary's music scenes. Like right, the Winnipeg absolutely. music scene is yeah. huge. I think it's mostly just a livability thing. 
And that's also probably why theater isn't because it's just you don't have how can you afford to live in the city and be a struggling musician? How can you afford to live in the city and do any art? Struggling artist. Yeah. Like I had um, some friends and a couple of them still run it, but like they went in all together and like had uh, a a gallery called um, the gam out there. And you know, like you, like that place like lived and died like on other artists coming to see it. And again, that's such like a fickle, tough sell. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I remember being really heartbroken while I lived there cause Elvis Costello was playing there and he's one guy like high on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen him to this day and I just couldn't afford to see him like mm-hmm. just straight up, like even just getting like just a normal asshole ticket. I just yeah. couldn't even do it. Couldn't well, even, couldn't even like fathom it, you know? That just sucks. Yeah. And well, it's one of the things that we talk that in like the Edmonton theater community we talk about is that how we're always just sharing the same $50. So like, I'll go see your show and I'll buy drinks and I'll like give to your Indiegogo campaign and then you'll give me come to my show. So it's, we're just sharing that money. But in Vancouver, you don't have that money to share. Yeah. Yeah. But But we love you, Vancouver. Yeah. I absolutely love that city. I just I would not be able to afford to live there if I wasn't working in like an A house theater, right? <laughs> Make making the most money I've ever made. Making in those bu- buco de- buco dolores. Definitely not, but in terms of theater, <laughs> it was pretty good. You don't you don't appreciate when like I talk like Jeff Spicoli, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I was just gonna brush on past it. I mean, probably I feel even worse now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your hand. Okay, yeah. So, folks, you all know I hurt myself all the time. Yes. And I have a couple stories I could tell about getting hurt, but we're going to forego those stories. Because oh, you have new I, ones? Of course I do. I hurt myself all the time. <laughs> well, okay. But okay. yeah, I came in today to set up and uh, set up for the podcast recording. Scott has a loosely wrapped tensor bandage. It's, yeah, it's loose. It's gotten wrist. loose right I, now. I need to wrap that for you when we go into a break. <laughs> I, I'm used to having a like a work glove over top of it so um a few days ago um doing this job where we had to load um carpet like 15 foot uh, wide rolls of carpet uh up flights of stairs and not just like straight shot we're talking turning oh man so while we were doing that um and this is like six dudes like grunting and like really going hardcore and uh there came a point where it's like, okay, we need to uh, rest it on the railing, and I didn't get my hand out in time, and the entire roll oh. just fell on my hand. So my hand is purple and um, all swollen right now. And I, like, it was like, like I was like, you know, uh-huh. freaking out at first. Like I actually had like tears coming yeah. down my face because I, I, I just with like six guys. What does that weigh like? like 2000 pounds or (laughs) close to it yeah um so of course i'm thinking like but i just crushed my hand like like how bad did i like it's got to be broken Mm -hmm. or whatever and luckily it's not and like it's functional and it's just really bruised and like i'll i'll get through it but um yeah very lucky that uh that i didn't just destroy my hand i would have lost my hand (laughs) right Right, you totally would have. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that was a big scare. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, I'm I'm truly like like I actually like I missed only like a few hours of work 
um, and was was back the next day. Oh man! Like still, still had to load more carpet oh, up the stairs. God. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's a tough go around here sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> how how you hurt yourself? Uh, mine are more just my my things. Uh, in in the show, there's a huge fight in the show that I'm a part of. So every day we're doing this fight and we do a rehearsal before we do the show. So I'm doing this fight three times a day, uh, sometimes six times a day. And, uh, I, uh, you know, cause I'm an idiot. I refuse to wear like extra pads. Like the other guy in the fight has knee pads on and elbow pads on, but I <laughs> decided not to. So my knees are blue oh, from God. bruising. And I have this, uh, I skinned the bottom of my elbow. Mm-hmm. And now every time I do the fight, it opens up. <laughs> and so I put a Band-Aid on it before. And by the end of the night, it's like the Band-Aid is like ballooned full of blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Uh, you're, dis- you're disgusting. Yeah. And I'm just, just an idiot. And it's, I've, I'm, I've gone too far now, and I'm just going to re- keep riding it out. <laughs> You've made your bed. Show. Now you need to lay in it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to be a bruised, battered guy. Yeah. As usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, we might as well brush on it just because hockey is on, on the tip of our tongue. But yes. We live in Edmonton, and just this morning news broke about uh, the hated uh, general manager of the Oilers, Peter Shirelli, has been fired. And uh, Edmonton has been lighting up with memes yeah. all day long about, like, I, I don't know, thank God. Yeah, I, and the thing that gets me, and like, I understand, I'm totally on board, like, thank God, he needs to be gone, but this idea that, like, thank God he's gone, now we can just move, like, go on and be like, no, he, like. He's destroyed the team. Yeah, you've come to, like, a homeowner, and the homeowner, like, trashed their house, and you're like, this isn't your house anymore, and then they leave, and you're like. Good, we solved it. But like, no, the house is still trashed. The house is still destroyed. We need to do a lot of work. Um, yeah. So, God bless our Edmonton Oilers. But yeah, it's going to be a tough road. Yeah. So, yeah. Those who follow hockey know that the Oilers have had a tough twelve years. Um, probably closer to twenty years with one or two seasons in there. Yeah. But it's just been, it's, it's a weird thing being an Oilers fan. And Taylor Chadwick, who's been on the podcast i went we went to a game together last year and we just took a picture of us sad together because they lost like <laughs> 6-1 and like what i said to him while we were taking the picture was like it's really hard being a fan of this team right <laughs> yeah well i was seeing because like we lost to the last place red wings last night yeah i was just seeing like pictures of, like people with bags over their heads and stuff like that when it gets to that point it's just like yeah yeah but uh since we're on uh, topics of news of the oh, day. Yes, I wanted to switch it over to some Kiss current events. Kiff, Kiff current events. As uh, anybody listening will know, because it's the Donald Trump and the U.S. government is endlessly in everybody's news. The government shutdown has been a huge thing. It's going on almost a month, the longest in history, and some heroes stepped up to fill in the gap and to get money to these locked out to these workers not making money and that is the band kiss and they have come forward and they're going to be providing meals for lock for these workers that aren't getting paid isn't uh, it like yeah isn't that like people like in the, like the tsa yeah yeah it's a tsa and they were talking about veterans. it's if you go on 
CNN or YouTube just kiss like workers. They'll you'll be able to find yeah. it because the on CNN. Uh, not that I watch CNN, but there was a segment I watched online. Weird brag. But <laughs> go on. Uh, it's very. I don't know why I qualified that. Anyways, uh, Paul was on CNN giving an interview about it, and they're like the Paul and Gene made like a big statement and like a, had a recorded statement that's online that you can see mm-hmm. that looks ridiculous. And while a cool thing they're doing sounds great. What a coincidence! It's right at the start of their. They're about to embark on this huge world tour. Chris, you're, Chris, you're not implying that they might be doing this for promotional purposes, would no, you? No, I would never imply this that. band. I would never imply it. I would say it outright. They are outright doing this only to get promotion for the start of their tour. <laughs> you're not saying that. No, I am. Oh, I'm you are saying that. Clearly saying. I'm. I'm saying I would not imply that. I will clearly oh, state gonna, it. Yeah, I'm gonna come out and say it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, misused intentions or not, no. it's it's a it's a good thing exactly. that they're doing. It's so, it's it's know. nice, but it's it's like whenever you see millionaires and billionaires being like supporting, like you'll like or a rich celebrity on Twitter, be like, "Hey, can you help my friends GoFundMe page? They're trying to pay for medical bills." Be like. Why don't you just pay? Just it? pay it outright. <laughs> totally, I've always wondered that about like, um, like crowdsourced sort of things where it's like, or the millionaires trying to make a movie, be like, well, just just use make your it. millions to make it. If it's good, you'll make your money back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it, I mean, there's good and bad about it, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm I was just glad to see. Uh, Gene, and speaking of Taylor Chadwick, he sent us, yeah, whenever he sees anything on social media that has to do with Kiss, he sends it, which I appreciate, Taylor. I do. Yeah, Taylor, we appreciate you, you know, but, you know, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on your tweet the other day, by the way. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, um, uh, I would like to throw out our social media at this point. I generally like to do that at the top of the show, but hey, you know, we're rolling fast and loose. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Detroit Talk City where Detroit Talk City pod at gmail.com we've got a Facebook group which is by far where our most uh, social media activity is going close. on yeah um, we're near a thousand likes now for the Peter Chris album which is just mind boggling um, and uh, check us out, out on our website uh, DetroitTalkCity.com and let your friends know about the show if you enjoy it. If you if you if you're even hate listening to it because you love Kiss but you hate us, just tell your friends. You can hate. You can all can hate us together. Yeah, we really don't care. Just push that subscribe button. Mm-hmm. You know, any sort of attention we will take. Mm-hmm. You know, we're shameless whores. And uh, that's why we're listening to Kiss. And that's why we're going to be discussing 1975 seminal <clears throat> live album um, <laughs> called Alive. Um, it's, it's a big, big album. Um, so uh, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll get right into it. Louder! You want some more? And we're back. Ooh, we back. Uh, so, as we alluded to before the break, we're going to be talking about 1975's seminal, dare I say, mm-hmm. uh, live album by uh, the band Kiss. 
Uh, oh, oh, is that who we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm working through it, just trying to remember. No, um, so obviously, well, not obviously, maybe maybe you're not familiar with it, but you probably are in some form if you're listening to the show. Um, this album is what most people consider to be the definitive Kiss album. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening to it uh, today, 100% it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess we're kind of like giving... The plot away um, like right off the bat but it's kind of just well known it's like and if anything like I, I don't know like you you and I are both on record as liking all three of the first albums yes and this and this double live album is just songs from those three albums yeah so it was kind of like how can it miss exactly unless it's- unless somehow the sound is shitty and it's actually a massive improvement over the production on those those first albums. Yeah, I th- like just from just like why don't we just play the first song right yeah. off right off, the, right off the bat? This is you Deuce. That was such a uh, muted version of that compared to what it would become later on. Yeah, I just, this is just great rock and roll. This is 70s. I I already enjoyed the original so much. And then, you know, the big difference is that, you know, it's it's heavier. It's a little faster. And obviously, there's a lot of crowd noise in there. Yes. Um, So I might as, we might as well address it right off the bat. So... As has been discovered over the years and um, is uh, widely debated, hotly debated, you might even say, mm-hmm. is um, a lot of people claim that this album isn't a live album at all. Uh, some people, like our buddy, your buddy, Peter Chris, mm-hmm. um, he's claimed that the only live tracks on the album are his drum tracks mm-hmm. and his vocals. Yeah. Which... And- Strange. He claimed it in his in his autobiography, right? Yeah, I, which be a little dubious yeah. about that. But um, Gene and Paul have been way more on the side of like, there's just touch ups all over. Yeah, because the they said there was like broken strings and. But, but then, like, okay, so I was reading this article today, um, and in it, uh, Paul. He seemed way more upfront about how, yeah, it's not a live album. It's what a live album should sound like. Mm. I think, and that's a very odd way to think about something. But it's pretty important to note that because of this, the sound of this album, this this live album, however live it may be, is so influential in how live albums came to sound. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, okay, so here's a quote from Paul. After recording these shows for the album, we went in and fixed it, polished it, and doctored it to make it into an accurate representation of what everyone experienced at the show. Back then, live recordings, for the most part, didn't sound like live recordings at all. You'd never know most of them were live until the end of the song came and you heard some applause. Um, And, you know, we didn't do it to fool anybody. I have no problem and never did have any problem saying... Yeah, we made that what it is. And to this day, it's probably the best and most accurate representation of a live concert. 
Who wants to go listen to mistakes every time you listen to a live album? So that's a pretty like tacit acknowledgement that it's not a live album. That's such a weird explanation. Like, he's for like it. still not fully saying that it's not live, but that's that's pretty damn close. Well, it's like, like he's saying it represents a live album. Yeah, it it's just that's such a weird way to qualify it because it's like just own it because it it sounds great exactly like here's one of our favorites in strutter i mean the original already has been established by you and i as like maybe being both of our favorite kiss songs um and this really is just more of a good thing yeah you know it sounds it's great i just paul sounds a little more ferocious here sounds so good yeah. Um, That's one that, like, I I didn't take a lot of notes while I was listening to this. Because you probably album. didn't need to, and, just but, already knowing these songs so intimately. And totally. And this, this these songs, when they come on, all my notes were like, this sounds great. This is... Yeah. Here's a nice little punctuation I, I later on in the song. Coming. <laughs> That one, I just like yeah. that. Um, yeah, there's, there's really, there's so much on here. Um, I don't, I don't but, even know where to start. I mean, sorry, just not to, just yeah. to, to, not to step away from no, no, the uh, overdubbing. It, but it, like, that excuse kind of matches up with all of Kiss's career too. Like right. when they were trend, trend chasing and all that. Is he always said, no, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. This is. The direction we're going that we're mm-hmm. not just copying this is where we're going right and it's just exactly. like it's just like tiny explanation away from what the actual truth is right yeah just a little bit of spin so yeah it's not it's yeah with, with every album yeah it would always be like this is the best thing that it can be this is our representation of us now mm-hmm. you know it wasn't yet a hacky thing so that's why Alive still sound. I, I, I couldn't believe how fresh it sounded, to be perfectly honest. Like, I actually used to um, have the, the, the vinyl of this, and I gave it away to a good friend of mine because I didn't give a shit about Kiss at all. I actually had a bunch of Kiss records that I gave to him. And as I was listening to this today, I was like, I wish I still had that. Like, I'm actually like considering getting this on vinyl. Like, that... I. That is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, well, especially it's since, hotter than hell, by the way. So. Yeah, well, especially since from last week's episode. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> yeah, we kind of needed this. Yeah, I. Yeah, I just, I just, I've, I know we, this is ground we've covered before. I really like this. Like this. Yeah, like this. I love how, like, I, I really grew to love the original of this, the one on uh, Hotter Than Hell. Um, but I do I do appreciate the live version, like, and how much more energy it has, and it's it's, it's a faster pace. And, oh, uh, the, I something, this was, now this is going back from before the break, that it was Edmonton Oilers Kiss-related that I wanted to just oh, mention. Go ahead. It was the, uh, the, on the Oilers Now show which is on the radio here in Edmonton, but it also is podcast. They start every episode with a, every show with a song. And when Detroit was in town playing, they played Detroit Rock City. And, oh. the, and the host of Oilers now, Bob Stofford, when he said, he said, 
Kiss. Does anybody not like Kiss? <laughs> That's hilarious. And, but I was listening to the podcast. That could have gone was, like either way. I was going to like I if I had listened live, I would have phoned in and tried to plug our show. But I just love. Oh, that, missed opportunity. On I just love that his was. Does anybody not love Kiss? <laughs> yeah, but you know. I, We've said it many times. Gene Simmons mm-hmm. loves Edmonton, and Edmonton really is a, a rock city. It's very much oh, a, yeah. a blue-collar uh, city, so uh, I don't know. Blue-collar tends to uh, skew towards rockin'. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, what's 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 one that uh, that you enjoy? Well, I, I, go ahead. I, right off the, the top of the album, I love, like, all those songs. Probably the that, first. That first, like, like, side one. Like, I'll just read yeah. what's on side one here. We go Deuce, Strutter. Got to Choose, which I think is a huge upgrade from the original. It's got so much more energy, yet again. Hotter Than Hell and Firehouse, which, yet again, another mm-hmm. uh, big upgrade, which here's Firehouse. Just, it's just it good. Just sounds great. I love that we we usually make I know. fun of shit. We're both just like uh, grooving to it. And actually, I love the addition of the uh, firehouse sound here around uh, around 2:40. I don't know. I, this this caught me off guard, and I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's just fun. <laughs> uh, one thing that did get me about this album is I wish there was more banter. There is a notable. Uh, Paul hadn't gone insane yet. I know, but it's it's just the and and I think it's also I'm skewed because of my love for your let me get this up people let me get this off the chest segment and so I just I just love hearing right. it. And uh, Cold Gin was the first is the first song on the album that we actually get a uh, more than a couple words. No, no, no. Um, I don't want to spoil it because it's actually oh. going to be um, the people. Let me get this off my okay. chest. Tribute okay. uh, today, but no, there's actually one segment where Paul talks for like four minutes straight. Jesus, I must have skipped that part. It's in the middle of well. I'll, I'll I'll oh, play it because okay so this is my favorite song on the album this is just beyond epic this is a hundred thousand years so this because this features the the whole, the whole song as well as a full Peter Chris drum solo and then a breakdown where Paul is amping up the crowd for about four minutes while Peter like continues to kind of do like drum soloish stuff in the middle of it oh Jesus Christ I of course I listen to this. But it's like 12 minutes on, on this version. You know what it probably was? It was in re-listening to it. I just wanted to listen to Cold Gin again. And so I heard, oh, his, okay. heard his intro to it. And I was like, oh, there we go. Yeah, like this just is badass. Now, because because you're Peter Chris Cook, I, uh, I made sure to... Uh, Make a mark of uh, so we could take in a little bit of your boy's um, handiwork, and I must admit, it's pretty impressive. Let's just admire some uh, some drums from the one, the Catman, Mr. Peter Chris. 
Like it's shit like this, but that like makes me realize, like makes helps me understand why pe- people put Peter Chris and still do uh-huh. at times, like as their favorite drummer ever. Whereas like I was just like I don't I don't get it. Like what's special? Like it's competent and everything like that. It's just nice, you know. Well, and it's it's also like why people love Ace Frehley so much too. It's there's a simplicity to it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of competence. They're both very accomplished, but there's a simplicity and a, a dirtiness to how they're playing. Yeah, like there's nothing. What? Wait, well, I guess maybe. Although there's certainly there's nothing groundbreaking about this, but yeah, this is just really solid drum solo. What do you think about drum solos? I. I. I mean, they're a little passe nowadays. Yeah, I get it for, like, giving the rest of the band a break. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but then, not... like, if anything, like, a drummer needs a break. They're the one yeah. doing the most physical job. And now it's time. Like, how, well, how about you do the most physical part of the entire set? Yeah, the thing that gets me about drum solos is, like, it could be accomplished with, like, just giving them, like, like just giving them a couple bars where they get to, like, pound out a couple rhythms and sure. then back to it. I just... Like the extended, I'm just not a big fan. Right, but yeah, that's about like that's about three solid minutes of just Peter drumming within a hundred thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Peter, while we're talking about him, um, singing another one of my favorites comes right after a hundred thousand years. This would be Black Diamond, and uh, other than you know Paul, as, as on the studio version, Paul sings the uh, the intro. Um, which, not even gonna bother with that. I'm just gonna skip to where Peter sounds straight up incredible in uh, this spot. Like, this is another part where I'm just like, this isn't fair. This is their third string singer. <laughs> he's fucking sick. playing it's... drums while he's doing that too. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I've mentioned it before. I've always loved that song because of the replacements, but this version on Alive is like, oh, I now really understand why the replacements covered this. Mm-hmm. You know, like it makes sense. Um, because I might have touched on it before, but um, this album being so influential, um, like I've seen like um, members of Soundgarden bring it up, and it's really very influential in the world of metal, even punk, and especially mm-hmm. like rock. Like Alive, it's undeniable like how good this is. Yeah. Like I I don't know I. I would have never, ever thought that I'd be saying that. Um, Like, here's she, but check out this, um, this break, this breakdown here on she. And here's where you understand a little more about Ace, you know? His tone on this on this album is so good too. Mm-hmm. 
She's great. I know. <laughs> so, what an interesting podcast. Well, I know, but if we're just sitting around listening to it. Um, yeah, there's really there's only a couple songs where I'm just like, meh. You know, like I think like Nothing to Lose is much improved over mm-hmm. the version, but that song still has massive problems with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, eh. Um, watch New, Don't Love It. Of course, I, I guess we shouldn't go without bringing up their most famous recording of all time. This, of course, being the... There he is. Ah. Just injected into my veins. And this is generally the version that you'll hear on the radio still. Like, I believe it went to like number 12 or something like that. That said, I would love to never ever hear that song ever again. Um, <laughs> I still, uh, listening through it, I still, when it came on, I still like it. Oh, yeah? You were digging it? In in context, it's fine. Yeah. I find, now that I don't listen to as much, like, classic rock radio, mm. um, I'm not inundated with it. This is true. As much? Yeah. There was definitely a time when it was getting to be like, man, if I hear Black Dog by Zeppelin again, I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking kill someone, you know? Like, And that's not supposed to happen. I love Zeppelin 4. So, or on Canadian radio where there would always there'd be like two hip songs every hour because they had to true. fill in the Canadian content. Yeah, the, the dreaded CanCon. Um, before we get off of Alive, um, I guess I'd, I'd like to give like a little bit of uh, backstory with it. Um, so when it was released, um, the year it was released was the year that Casablanca Records, uh, Kiss's label, uh, decided to release a double album of Johnny Carson monologues. Yeah, I read about this. Yeah, which they pressed in the millions. Millions. They thought it would be the huge, this huge seller. And, you know, like, The Tonight Show was obviously, like, in the zeitgeist, and people love and revere and respect Johnny Carson so much, but... There's an immediacy. Like, yeah. Like, those monologues are, like, of the moment. Yeah, like, like, I... I certainly respect Johnny Carson. I can't go back and watch any of those old shows. No. Um, no. Even like old Letterman, it can be a little, well, a little it's, tough to watch. Talk shows, they're all topical. It's just, it's unless they're like big, like really sketch heavy. Right. I can still, I, I, I can still go back and watch Conan. Well, but actually. that's because Conan is so s- silly and irreverent and it's full of yeah. weird, weird shit that you can, you can do that. Yeah. But like, are you, gonna go watch jay jay leno episodes from go get some jokes about judge lance ito the dancing itos time for some headlines Uh uh-huh or uh jaywalking where you like catch people and you know just get to like quiz them on you know make them look stupid (laughs) exactly isn't that funny (laughs) yeah but oh, sorry, I, I kind of derailed you. So but oh then, no, I Casablanca, just I, oh yeah, I just yeah, I just wanted to give like a little bit of context. So Casablanca is like in a, a bad way. You know, the first three Kiss albums have all flopped. That they thought was going to be their their meal ticket, it flops. Kind of out of desperation, it's like let's put out Alive, this double LP of like 
all the monster songs from those first three albums done in this huge, huge way. And it's finally the thing that takes off. And it, it becomes their biggest hit, their biggest album by far of all time. It uh, stays on the charts for 110 weeks. Again, by far their longest. It eventually reached number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. And um, and it's still... It lasts this day. It saved Casablanca Records. And, you and know. Kiss. Like it's, it saved Kiss. It's the reason why this band is... Why we have this why, podcast. Why, we why still... this band is about to go yeah. on tour again. Yeah, so it kind of can't be understated how important uh, this album is. Even just looking at the cover. Like, that cover is iconic, mm-hmm. you know? Everyone is just, like, in just perfect mode. Again, I was just, like, I'm just, like, I was looking at it on my iPad earlier. And, again, I was thinking, like, ah, I fucking wish I still had the vinyl for this. And before, I couldn't have given a flying fuck about giving away that vinyl. Who did you give it to? Uh, my buddy Steve. Steve, if you're listening to this out there, you're welcome, boya. Sleep tight. Because we're going to break it and steal that album. That's right. I gave him a live two as well. And all the solo albums and Animal Eyes. Jesus Christ. So us doing this podcast is really about you rediscovering the music of your past. I never really listened to any of them. They were all they were all they were all gifts from people just cuz mm-hmm. people knew that I even at a very young age I started collecting vinyl, uh, mm-hmm. rock rock vinyl. But like I had a really cool uh teacher, uh Mr. Parker back in the day and he was the the one who um who gave me those Kiss albums. He also he also gave me the first Ramones album and Animal Boy by the Ramones and Machine Head by Deep Purple. Jesus. He was just my grade nine English teacher. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a cool. Th- oh, and he had some um, really awesome promotional Aerosmith poster on the wall, like in this classroom. Just let me take it down and have it, you know. This guy sounds awesome. Yeah. I've never f- forgotten it. There was one time, so we we were reading um, Julius Caesar mm-hmm. in the class, and I went to him and I was like, "Hey, um, ACDC does a song about this called Hail Caesar." And he's like, "Really? You should well print out the lyrics for the class and we'll listen to it." And I did, and we listened to ACDC in class. Cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if if somehow you're ever listening to this, uh, I salute you. Anyway. Um, I think we're pretty yeah. I just pretty good on on here. It's 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 just an absolute banger start to finish. And everything you said, there's like the songs that I can do without, but I will. I can look past the reasons I don't like them to still say they still sound great. This album sounds great. It's it makes sense that this is what pushed them over the edge yeah. and and turned them into what they became. Right, like I because I. I came into this album very skeptical because of the overdubbing thing and mm-hmm. knowing it's just like, how good could this fucking album be if it's not even a live album? Once you get past that and you take it for what it is and you buy whatever weird explanation that they're mm-hmm. giving, it's fine. Like, what does it matter if it's no. actually live? It no. sounds good. I know. Like, I own, I own a million live records that sound like shit. In fact, actually... Um, I, I I always I end up talking about Aerosmith every episode. I apologize for that. But um, Aerosmith put out their '70s live album called Live Bootleg, which I 
love so much. It's such a great live album, but it's called Live Bootleg, and it's quite literally the opposite of Kiss Alive, mm. where they like literally took like bootleg recordings and and made the album look like a bootleg, and it's it's all over the place, and I couldn't love it more. Mm. <laughs> so, I don't know, two different uh, styles that. Uh, you know, you can appreciate it mm-hmm. under different circumstances. Anyway, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, 1975's Kiss Alive. Um, this is going to be the toughest one to answer ever because I'm going to have to ask you, Chris, what is your Kiss Army status? Are you ready to join the war or are you a draft dodger? Uh, I've, I've, I've given the same answer, answer before. If it was the 70s, if the kiss was coming out in this, I would be 100% on board. But yeah, with the context matters, context and like the and knowing what comes later, I can't. I can't yeah. say that I'm in the Kiss Army because I know what happens. No, I and know. There's I know. So many albums are just indefensible. <laughs> would you be referring to last uh, episode, Crazy Nights? Uh, yes, <laughs> I think that is. Uh, uh, Example A number one. Yeah, I, I know. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry for introducing that. Or Psycho that into Circus. Your... Or any of those. Nah, it really is endless. Um, uh, what's your status? It's the very closest I've ever been. And I know it's the closest I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I've been drafted, I'm I'm actually going down and, you know... I'll probably fight, figure out a way to like get out of the draft, but I'm at least like gonna go like hear hear them out. You'll show up for like basic training and then be like, I got a bone spur. Exactly, you know, like any hero would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, there there we have it. Our our, our war status. Uh, now it's time for uh, one of our favorites. It's time for the Chris Kiss quote. Musicians play music because you love ellipses. I love to play drums since I was five. It's all I ever wanted to do. Rock stars, or as we call them, posers. Guys who just want to look great, dress great. They're not musicians. They're looking for the fame. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read that Uh out loud one more time. Please do. Musicians play music because you love. I loved to play drums since I was five. It's all I ever wanted to do. Rock stars, or as we call them, posers. Guys who want to just look great, dress great. They're not musicians. They're looking for fame. What the What? I know! (laughs) Of all people, that's Peter Chris, right? Yes, of course it's Peter Chris. Who? In what world does that make any lick of sense? And he's basically just describing Kiss. Exactly. Isn't their whole thing that they want to be larger than life rock stars? Yeah. That is their whole fucking gimmick. Yeah. Uh, that oh. I love you, Peter. I love you. But you are an endless source of amazing quotes. That is that is wild, oh, man. I love the guy, but he is dumb as a brick. <laughs> that is definitely... Yeah, that might be the stupidest quote we've, we've, we've heard. Oh, no, on this we've show. had some pretty dumb ones from him before. No, you're right. It really is Peter with the dumbest ones. Yeah, hey? just like you ones. would expect. Like Ace would have like some, mm-hmm. some of them. Maybe it's just my own biases. Yeah. I haven't looked up as enough Ace ones, but right. I keep meaning to watch um, 
or listen to uh, him on Never Not Funny. Yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you did listen to it. I oh yeah, I listened yeah. to it. I loved it. He even plays the guitar they had in the studio. Oh man, yeah. And he does party magic tricks. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, we'll be doing Ace just released an album last year, mm-hmm. um, which we'll cover sometime because it's. I respect that he did it, um, but woof. Um, it's, although it's not like your boy and his, and, and his later solo albums, because <laughs> boy, are you going to be eating some crow when we get to those, those albums, we'll man. We'll see. We'll see. There's no way. You thought I was going to. I'll have you one. committed. <laughs> I'll have you committed. It'll be hard to do this podcast if I'm in a psych ward. Whatever. You can use your one phone call. Or I guess that's jail. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could make a lot of phone calls if you're in the hospital. You got your one. <laughs> I need someone to come pick me up. Too bad. You're now committed to this asylum for the rest of your life. Until someone finally figures out where you are. Hopefully you left some clues. Um, so, um, thank you for the Chris Kiss quote. Um now it's a time for the people. Let me get this off my chest. A tribute. Yeah. I'm gonna do something a little different, not unlike when we uh, did Animalize and Animalize Live Uncensored, where we had a glut of uh, Paul to choose from. This one, we're not gonna have as many um, ones to go from, but um, I did find some fun uh, Paul within this album. So we'll take a break from. The actual people let me get this off my chest for this week and we'll get some get some Paul straight from alive. And here we go. So more of your boy. Nice little bonus for you. Oh yeah, love it. Do you feel right? Do you feel right? Do you feel right? Do you feel right? Little taste. But Paul Slater's singing. <laughs> As Bruce Kulik would say, this guitar's not fast. I can play way faster than this. That's what makes it better. We love you, Bruce. I guess I kind of chose a spot that has less. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of didn't choose the greatest clip. That's okay. Um, go, we got some of it. Yeah. Go to like, I'll, 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 I'll play a little bit. Okay. Just, just, a, just a little taste. I just want to hear stage banter. That's all I want. I know. That was more singing. I guess I just kind of liked it when he screamed like that. Yeah. Here's here. All right. <laughs> Tell us, Paul. 
It's like long drawn out. What is he gonna ask of the audience? And I got a question for the wild people over here. Ooh. Are you gonna vote? <laughs> I wanna know how many people over here. Like to get <laughs> Another classic. So he's asked, do you like to party? Do you like to get high? Now, what could he possibly be asking for his third question? I'm on the edge of my seat. That's that's what I meant to play. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just timestamped the other one just because I, I wanted to hear Paul doing his Paul thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that's um, that, that's a special edition of People Let Me Get This Off My Chest tribute track uh, where we just like to hear Mr. Paul Stanley and what he do. Now we're going to move on to what our next album is going to be. This is the Kiss My Assignment. Uh, we're going to do something a little different Uh for our next episode where we're actually not going to be um, doing an album, but we are going to be doing something very important within the Kiss canon. And that would be uh, the made-for-TV movie 1978's Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> I've touched on this one a little bit. This is basically Kiss doing a Scooby-Doo movie. I believe it's actually produced by Hanna-Barbera. Wonderful. And it's it's insane What's the runtime on it? It's about like ninety minutes. Like it's feature, it's, it's feature length. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, at least you know it being a movie, you you only have to watch it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there we have it. It'll be a, a bit of a different one. It, um, I for anyone that's looking to watch it, it is findable on the internet to stream for free. I found a spot about mm, four links down. If you type in uh kiss phantom stream you you should be able to to mm-hmm. find it so um if anyone wants to watch along please do that um i guess before we wrap up we uh like we, there's no reason to be positive in the recommendation station this time but uh we always like to give something mm-hmm. to recommend um i guess i'll i'll start today um i i would like to recommend um just uh, we mentioned him earlier, but uh, he just um, debuted his revamped version of his show last night, and that would be the show Conan. Mm. His new uh, half-hour version of his classic show. Uh, last night, the first episode was uh, with Tom Hanks on it, and it wasn't like anything wildly different. It's just there's no band now, um, and it really, you know. Y- kind of get rid of maybe like a clunker of a guest and conan seemed a lot looser well that was his big thing right yeah because i he was on comedy bang bang talking yeah. about it just about how he just didn't want to talk to people that he didn't like right yeah like it really seems like he's gonna focus on he he's at the point in his career where he wants to do what he wants to do so if that means i'm getting a little less conan but i'm getting premium conan mm-hmm. uh 
yeah, so I've, I'm just thrilled to have him back. And, uh, you know, if you, if you maybe are a lapsed Conan fan over the years, I've he's always been a comedy hero to me, but uh, uh, Conan. Have you been listening to his podcast? Yeah, I'm a little behind, but yeah, I just listened to the Dax Shepard mm-hmm. episode. And, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I have I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, he's got a new podcast. I might as well just list all the stuff for Conan while I'm mm-hmm. doing the recommends. He's got a new podcast on um, Earwolf called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, guests include uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Kristen Bell, um, as I say, Dax Shepard, um, Ron Funches. It's been and it's just you know an hour of Conan talking with people. You know, totally uncensored, you know, mm-hmm. unencumbered by any sort of uh, network or anything like that. So uh, there's that. And I'm and I'm pretty sure all of his 25 years of the original show are getting released online right away, which is massive. So you know? Yeah. Like I have like gigs and gigs and gigs worth of uh, like old Conan episodes, like mm-hmm. like on hard drives. But. Knowing that the entire catalog is going to be available right away, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm recommending Conan. Anyway, Great, yeah, Chris. Well, I'm I'm going to be selfish in mine because my I'm halfway through this run of the show, yes. so there's going to be a few performances left by when this comes out. Actually, like a week and a half of performances left. So if you're in Edmonton, uh, it's at the Citadel Theater. The show is called Sweat. Uh, there are the tickets are more expensive than I'd like, but that's what happens when you get into big theater like that. It's a really great show. And I'd love anybody who's listening in Edmonton to check it out. And if you're not in Edmonton, uh, this is the Canadian premiere of this show. So in Canada, this is the only place it's playing. But in the States, it's playing all over the place. The show is happening all over the place. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning play. It deals with some really important themes having to do with people like workers who are locked out of factories and people just feeling like they have no control over their lives. So I just want to plug the the show Sweat because I'm really fortunate and really happy to be a part of it. And I'm... I think people should see it. Yeah, I, as I say, like I, I saw it on on preview night, and it's two acts, and I thought it flew by. Like so, I, I enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, don't expect to be seeing uh, the Chris that you hear on this show, <laughs> um, but uh, but you never know. Maybe he'll get there. But I get to do a fun Philadelphia accent. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, before we do that, we'll throw out our plugs. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Detroit Talk City. We're at DetroitTalkCityPod at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Facebook group. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on there. And our website is DetroitTalkCity.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scatman Malone. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at E.L. Chris Cook. L. Chris Cook. Very good. Anything else, Boyo? No, man. This was a great album. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what, a, what a positive you episode. What? This, yeah, after after the Peter Chris debacle and then the Crazy Nights debacle, where I kind of went in, in with a positive you spin mean on it. The, you mean the Peter Chris revelation. That's what I meant, of course. It's uh, I kind of knew that this was going to be one. Like, this will just be a positive, nice one to just, you know, get out there and kind of you know we had to address it at some point you know it being such a towering achievement the towering achievement within yep. the kiss catalog so i'm glad we did it and uh we're gonna watch the horrible movie for the next episode <laughs> i can't wait yeah okay so uh that'll do it for us at detroit talk city remember it don't mean spit to us <laughs>
that's a Fox and Crocs production.